Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Magic and the Moon podcast. As always, I'm your host, David, and I'm back. I'm sorry it took so long to get to making a new episode, but there have been some renovations going on at my home. So because of just people coming in now and fixing things and moving things and repairing things, I wasn't really able to um, be in the room that I normally record in. But there's light at the end of the tunnel, and we're not quite done with all of that yet, but we almost are. And I finally had an opportunity to record. Um, I was not able to access my usual recording setup, though. I did have to um, use my AirPods rather than the microphone I prefer. So my apologies in advance if the audio quality is uh, not quite what we're used to here. But I appreciate your patience with that. With that being said, this week, uh, I'm going to talk about ceremonial magic. So um, ceremonial magic is a form of high magic, depending on who you ask. Um, and there's a really cool method of working ceremonial magic that involves working with angels. Um, angels, in this case, uh, are not the angels of the Abrahamic faiths, like Judaism, Christianity, or Islam. Because for those who don't know, um, the concept of angels or kind of divine messenger spirits are far, far older than any of those religions. But um, there is a lot of Hebrew associated with this and the imagery and the language. So if that's not your cup of tea, that's totally fine. It's not for everyone, but it's something that I find very fascinating. So we're going to talk about ceremonial magic. I'm going to break down some philosophy of kind of how a witch might choose to conceptualize the angels and work with them rather than say perhaps a Christian or a Jew or a Muslim. And I'm going to give you some techniques and methods by which you can do this if you're interested. Before we get started though, I want you to reflect back on all the things we've talked about before as far as magical safety, um, casting your circle, being discerning with spirits, making sure spirits are who they say they are, all that stuff. And I also will remind you that I do not think angels are meant to be worked with lightly. They are intense, they're powerful beings, their energies are intimidating, quite frankly, and I do not recommend this whatsoever for beginners. Um, Not at all. Um, If you feel solid about it, cool, go with your gut and your intuition, because you, of course, would know better than I would, but... Um, I definitely would say if you're not comfortable working with spirits and you haven't been doing that for a little bit, maybe like spirit guides and ancestors, I would definitely caution you against um, working with the angels. With that being said, let's get into it. So quickly, let's define ceremonial magic in this context. So ceremonial magic, which is sometimes synonymous with high magic, is a form of magical practice which usually involves long, elaborate, and often complex rituals. Um, It may include elements of Hermeticism, angelic magic, which of course we'll be discussing today, and then Kabbalah amongst many other influences. So in contrast to low magic, it often requires the use of tools, such as ceremonial robes, athames, swords, wands, and other magical items. And let's talk about the philosophy of ceremonial magic in the context of witchcraft. So, um, in many forms of witchcraft, we are polytheists, certainly not always, but many of us are, um, or at least polytheism adjacent. And my personal perspective on this from like the philosophical point of view is that the gods created everything, right? um, There's a force kind of beyond creation 
beyond the gods that kind of is just the life source um, of all that there is. It's not good. It's not evil. It's it, it just exists. Um, it is the animating life force of all of the universe, of all of reality. This force cannot be known. We can know about it. We can know um, kind of what it does. We can know how it affects us. We can know how it interacts with other things. What we can't know it. Um, it doesn't have a face or a name or a personality. There are no stories told about it. Um, so we can know it in the way that we know gravity, right? We know what gravity is. We know kind of what it does. We know how it interacts with things, but we can't know its likes and dislikes. We can't have a relationship with it. Um, that force is also the gods themselves. They're not separate and distinct from it, but the gods are the personalities and the intelligences of that life force. And the gods are relatable. The gods have faces and names and we can know them. So in my opinion, the gods are that life force, but they are the intelligence and the personification of that life force. And they're the beings that we interact with and that we worship and that we call upon because we don't need to do that with this life force, right? That's my perspective of that. And the reason I say all of that is because the gods are the faces and the soul, so to speak, of this creative force. And they created the rest of creation. So they are in nature, embodied in nature, but they're also transcendent and separate from nature, in my opinion, of course. Um, so I do believe the gods are omnipresent, meaning everywhere at once, omniscient, all-knowing, and omnipotent, all-powerful, but not in the way that the Abrahamic faiths claim their god to be. Because out of the gods' power and love, they created the rest of existence, right? So we have this creative life force that is just existing. And the sentience and intelligence of that is the gods. And the gods then created everything else. And the first among these creations were the angels, spirits of pure light, to whom the gods delegate their will. So yes, the gods are everywhere at once. They're all-knowing and they're all-powerful, but not directly in the way the Christian god might be described, but because of their life force that encompasses them and because of their delegation of the angelic beings. So now we have that foundation going. Why work with the angels? Well, uh, you might choose to work with the angelic magics as a way to invoke the angels and receive their power to manifest the things in your life that you want and need. There are countless innumerable angels, but there are a select few of them known as the teaching angels. These teaching angels are specifically assigned to protect, teach, assist, and enlighten the human race and can be called upon to provide divine aid according to their spheres of influence. The teaching angels are composed of six archangels and three angels, and these nine beings are on specific assignment to assist the human race. Each of them has a specific sphere or spheres of influence that they preside over. And the reason that some of them are archangels and some of them are angels is because the archangels preside over an entire host or group of angels, um, if that makes sense. The angels are among that host and they represent the qualities of the archangel that they represent, but the archangel itself is to 
uh, powerful to engage with humanity directly. So an angel and their host acts as kind of their representative to us, if that makes sense. So the nine teaching angels are the six archangels, which are Michael, Gabriel, Raphael, Azrael, Haniel, and Uriel. And the three angels are Samael, Sakiel, and Kasiel. And they each have spheres of influence. And I'm going to teach you some correspondences about how working with these beings can be helpful for you and for your life. So important to note before we dive into that is the angels, these teaching angels rather, they rule at least one zodiac sign, sometimes more. They each rule a planet, um, and a planet, of course, this is in the astrological sense, not in the astronomical sense. So this would include like the sun and the moon, right? We know those aren't planets according to science and astronomy, but in the occult astrological world, they are planets in that sense, if that makes sense. Um, so they rule one, if not more, zodiac sign, one planet. Um, some, but not all of them, are associated with one of the cardinal directions, as well as seasons of the year and elements. They each have what's called the day of power, which is the day that you would invoke them for assistance. They each have plants and animals that are sacred to them and act as their symbols. So that would be a way to honor them for their help. And also they might send um, these animals or plants to let you know that they have heard your request. And they also have their sphere of influence, which is just to say that they have certain areas of life that they are meant to help with. So to say that Zeus is the god of thunder, thunder is his sphere of influence, for example. And also the angels have what's called a time orbit. And the time orbit is the maximum amount of time that it will take for them to grant your request if they choose to do so, of course. So let's talk about it. So first is the Archangel Michael. He is the Sun Lord, the Prince of Heaven. He rules the zodiac sign of Leo, the lion, and the planet, planet of the sun. He rules the direction of south, the season of summer, and the element of fire. His day of power is Sunday. So if you were to bring a request to the Archangel Michael, you would do so on a Sunday. Some of his sacred animals are stoats, blackbirds, yellow or golden butterflies, daddy long legs, and bees. His sacred plants are laurels, orange trees, pomegranates, sunflowers, marigolds, and orchids. And he is symbolized by the sun disc, the golden wedding ring, and the crown. His spheres of influence are going to be anything that has to do with achievement and rulership. So success, attaining goals, um, perhaps advancing in your career with education. Um, of course, anything to do with marriage. Um, and also in his rulership thing, that would include politicians, royalty, and priesthood. He's actually the, the patron of all priests of all religions. Um, and his time orbit is one year. Oh, I'm sorry, he's also uh, part of his sphere of influence is also music. So musicians, writing music, composing music, performing music, recording music, all that stuff. Next is the Archangel Gabriel. He's the moon lord, the ruler of the inner tides, the keeper of the treasure house of souls and images, and the herald of the higher self. He rules the zodiac sign of Cancer, the crab. He rules the, quote, planet of the moon, the direction of west, and the season of autumn, the element of water. His days of power are Mondays, but also um, the nights of the full and new moons. 
His sacred colors are white and silver, and his sacred animals are dogs, and as well as white or silver butterflies or moths. His sacred plants are lilies, and he is symbolized by the crescent moon. His time orbit is three weeks, three months, or nine months, and he presides over psychic abilities, intuition, divination, scrying, um, any clear sentient abilities, as well as astral travel. But he also rules over matters of domesticity and the home. So um, obviously the psychic stuff we've already listed, but the home stuff would be you need a house, an apartment, um, a new car. Um, if you are thinking about expanding your family, so having kids, adopting kids, fostering, um, all that stuff would be within his domain. Next is Angel Semael. He is the great protector. He rules the zodiac signs of Aries, the ram, and Scorpio, the scorpion. He rules the planet of Mars, and his day of power is Tuesday. Some sacred animals of his are fox, sheep, sparrows, robins, and scorpions, as well as all stinging insects except for bees. His plants would be horse chestnut, monkey puzzle, thistles, nettles, peonies, and all red flowers except for poppies. He is symbolized by the upright, unsheathed sword, and he presides over matters of courage, perseverance, victory, and interactions that we have with our enemies and rivals, so competition. Um, he's the patron of athletes and soldiers for that reason, and he also provides uh, healing to the physical body. His time orbit is less than three months. Next is Archangel Raphael, the great healer, the angelic herald, and the divine messenger. He rules the signs of Gemini, the twins, and Virgo, the maiden. He rules the planet Mercury, the direction of east, the season of spring, and the element of air. And his day of power is Wednesday. His sacred animals are monkeys, squirrels, and non-stinging flies, as well as magpies and larks. And he's symbolized by the caduceus, which is the uh, staff of Hermes, so that the staff with wings and two snakes around it. And he's also symbolized by the stone of topaz. He uh, presides over healing, all kinds of healing uh, and communication. And if you have a need, but you don't know which angel to petition, you can petition Raphael to bring your request to the appropriate angel. And if you need something done quickly and say you're working with, um, let's say the Archangel Michael, his time over is one year. Let's say you need something that Michael rules over, but you need it quickly. You can bring that request to the Archangel Raphael to bring it into his time orbit because his time orbit is immediate. Next is the angel Sakael. He's the benevolent Lord. He rules the zodiac signs of Sagittarius, the archer, and Pisces, the fish. Rules the planet of Jupiter as well. And his stay of power is Thursday. Sacred animals are whales, dolphins, fish, elephants, cattle, horses, swans, ducks, and bees, which he shares with Michael. Sacred plants are lilacs, lavender plants, honey, and all purple flowers, as well as oak trees and grapes. He presides over financial and legal matters, so jobs, raises, um, you need some sort of payment, someone owes you money that they haven't paid you back. If you have some kind of legal trouble, um, a ticket, court issues, things like that. His time orbit is no more than six months. Next is the Archangel Asariel, who's also called Azriel. He's the angel of death, the great channeler of spirits. He rules the planet of Neptune. 
and his day of power is Thursday, and his color is sea green. Horses are sacred to him, and he's symbolized by the trident. So his sphere of influence is going to be mediumship, channeling of spirits, trance work. So um, anything that you are invoking and speaking with two and four spirits is going to be his thing. But important to note is you cannot um, invoke him directly. You need to go to the Archangel Gabriel or Raphael uh, to mediate for you to him, if that makes sense. That's important. All right. Um, his time orbit, by the way, is uh, is not fixed. There's not a certain specific amount of time he will address the needs according to importance. But then, of course, knowing that you can bring that to Raphael as well. Next is the Archangel Haniel, who is the great bringer of love and peace, the lord of nature, and the keeper of the fairies. He rules the planet Venus, as well as the signs of Libra, the scales, and Taurus, the bull. He assists in matters of beauty, love, affection, and peace. Um, so sacred animals are going to be all domestic pets, swallows, doves, blue-colored birds, and then all butterflies except for golden yellow ones and silver or white ones because those are Michael's and Gabriel's respectively. Sacred plants are going to be apples. Apple trees, delphinium, and persimmon. Persimmon? I can't say that. Persimmon, I think is how you say it. This, uh, he presides over matters of love. Um, he heals lovers' quarrels, heals fights within relationships and marriages, blesses marriages, and brings peace. Um, his time orbit is two years. Okay, next is the Archangel Cassiel the great teacher and the giver of truth, the Lord of cause and effect, the reaper, the angel of fate, and the keeper of the dead. He rules the planet Saturn and the sign of Capricorn, the sea goat. He assists with matters of learning, adversity, perseverance, as well as enduring challenges and developing potential. He also presides over matters of prosperity, agriculture, and building. His day of power is Saturday, which he shares with the Archangel Uriel. Sacred animals are tortoises, voles, parrots, ravens, crows, rooks, worms, slow-moving insects, all that stuff. Um, sacred plants are going to be evergreen trees, aloe plants, dried fruits, and bitter herbs. And he is also symbolized by lead and coal. Um, so yeah, learning, education, knowledge, um, endurance, patience. He also presides over funerals and the execution of wills, and basically anything to do with um, someone who's passed away. He's also the patron of elderly people and elderly animals. So he's not the angel of death itself. He's not the action of death, but he um, assists the elderly and those that are close to death, if that makes sense. And again, his time orbit is not fixed. It is based on need. Then finally, the Archangel Uriel who is the powerful giver of magic, the guide of the soul, the cutter of cords, and the Lord of Thunder. He rules the sign of Aquarius, the water bearer, as well as the planet Uranus. He rules the direction of north, the season of winter, and the element of earth. His day of power is also Saturday, and he is symbolized by quartz and rainbows. 
So Uriel is very unique because he actually transmits the force of magic itself. He actually gives power of magic to us. Um, he presides over matters of separation and divorce. He peacefully severs those ties and allows people to move on. Um, so also, if you need help getting over like a breakup, marriage, divorce, um, any of that stuff. But aside from that particular matter, it also uh, help and protection with storms and like bad weather stuff because he's the Lord of Thunder as well. The only way you should invoke him, if not for those specific things, is going to be in ceremonial high magic. So that's literally it. Um, and as well as the others that we've mentioned before, his time orbit is unfixed and he answers according to need. So with all of that being said, I'm going to give you the instructions for invoking them. But keep in mind, this, this is not simple. Um, it's very formal. You don't just kind of pray to them and hope for the best. There's a very specific and correct way of going about it. And there is a wrong way to invoke the angels. So they each have a color associated with them. So you need a piece of paper that should be a specific color, which I'll get into in a moment for each of them. And on a piece of paper in a row from left to right, there's going to be four sections. So on the far left is going to be the zodiac sign they rule. The next one to the right will be the second zodiac sign if they have one. If not, this will be blank. And then the third space would be their planetary symbol. And then the fourth space would be the specific angel's call sign. And I will include this um, in the episode description if I can. And if not, I will link the book that I, I got this information from. So beneath those four sections of your row is going to be the name and title of the angel. So for example, Archangel Michael. And then you would, underneath that would write your petition and end it with your name. So for example, um, all the petitions are written on squares of colored paper, colored according to each angel, and the ink of a complementary color. And at the top of the petition is a grid in which are placed the symbols of the particular angel's rulership and the personal call sign of that angel. The request is then written in the appropriate sacred script, because we're not writing this in English. There is a, a script, an angelic script, that you need to write it in. And then only white candles are burned while writing the petition. Colored candles are only used when performing an angelic talisman, which is a different conversation. And the petition is then kept for a specific amount of time, during which, if the petition is granted, the signs of consent from the angel will come to you as an omen. And the omens are oftentimes the colors, plants, animals that are sacred to the angel. And when that time has elapsed, regardless of whether or not your request is granted, you should burn the paper that you wrote your petition on. That way you're freeing all the energy that it contains. If your petition does not receive a sign of consent, it might have been that the time was inappropriate. Angels have an overview of things and see the jigsaw puzzle of life that we don't really see. So if a petition is refused, leave it alone for a while and then try again in a few months. You might also learn to be able to better distinguish between wanting something and needing something. Because if there's another, either like a mundane way you can get what you want or perhaps another magical action that does not involve invoking the angels, try that first. So invoking the angels should be like a hard essential need or something that you can't get another way. So now um, let's go through each angel and the necessary information you would need to invoke their help in the matters they rule over. So first is Gabriel, the archangel. He rules the moon and its powers, right? So 
he's positioned, uh, excuse me, he's petitioned on Mondays or on the nights of the full or new moons. The petition should be written on white paper in blue or silver ink. It should be written in Theban script, beginning with the words of to Archangel Gabriel of the moon, followed by the request, such as please help me with blank, whatever you need, and end it with thank you and then your name. So his uh, grids are gonna be filled out with the astrological symbol of cancer, the sign of the crescent moon, and then his personal call sign, which is the stellar lunar corona. Semiel may be petitioned on any Tuesday. The letter to him should be made of white paper and written in red ink, and the entire petition should be written in the passing of the river script. It should be addressed to the angel Semiel of Mars, the great protective angel followed by the request itself, an expression of gratitude, and your name. His letters are kept for seven days from the Tuesday of invoking till the following Tuesday, and then burnt them. And during these seven days, his sign will come to you if he consents. So for his symbols, you're gonna have the zodiac sign of Aries, the zodiac sign Scorpio, the symbol of the planet Mars, and then his personal call sign, which is the upright sword. Next is Archangel Raphael. Letters of petition to him are written on any Wednesday. They're written in black ink on yellow paper. In addition to the rulerships that we've already talked about, he can be asked to help recover from things that have been lost, to capture thieves, and for general protection from theft. And you can write petitions to him in either of the sacred scripts. And the symbols for him are gonna be sign for Gemini, the sign for Virgo, the symbol of the planet Mercury, and then the head of a bird, which is his personal call sign. Next is Angel Sakiel, who is invoked on Thursdays, and the petition kept for seven days from the Thursday of invoking to the following one. Letters to him are colored in blue ink on lavender paper or purple ink on white paper. The entire petition should be written in the passing of the reverse script, and the particular symbols are going to be the symbol for Sagittarius and for Pisces, then the symbol of the planet Jupiter, and his personal call sign, which is the part of fortune. And again, I'm going to have to link the description of the book, which I think is available for free online because this is a lot of information and I also don't know how to get all this in the episode's description. Next, Archangel Hanael, the great angel of love and affection, can be called upon on any Friday and his letters are kept for 28 days, being burned on the fourth Friday after the invocation. All of his letters should be written in the passing of the river script, except for your name at the end of the letter, which should be written in the Theban script. His symbols are going to be the zodiac symbols of Taurus and Libra, the planetary symbol of Venus, and then his personal call sign, which is the chalice. Next, the angel Cassiel is invoked on Saturdays. Write your petitions on white paper with black ink or pencil. Use passing of the river script. And his petition should be kept for three complete calendar months. His symbols are going to be the sign of Capricorn, the planetary symbol of Saturn, and then the symbol of a ladder. Archangel Uriel shares the day with power with Cassiel. They're going to write them on white paper and green ink in passing of the river scripts. You're going to address the petition and then your name. So all petitions are going to be addressed to Uriel, the throne angel of God and magical force. The letter is kept for 14 days and then burned. And the symbols are going to be the uh, symbol of Aquarius, the planetary symbol of Uranus, and then his personal call sign, which is a lightning bolt. And then finally, Michael 
is going to be invoked on a Sunday. And you're going to write on white paper in orange or gold ink, and you're going to address the letter to the Archangel Michael, written in the passing of the river scripts. The petition itself will be written in the Theban script, with your own name again being written in the passing of the river script. You're going to keep it for seven days, from Sunday of invocation to the following Sunday, and then burn it, of course. His symbols at the top are going to be the zodiac symbol for Leo, the astrological symbol of the sun, and then a crown, which is his personal call sign. All right, that was a lot of information. I will do my best to uh, include the necessary things in the description, but I hope you enjoyed learning about working with the angels. That's all I have for you now, and I will see you next time.